God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of the prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't Don't forget forget to subscribe to the the Tribe of Christians broadcast, either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, the Chief Sinner. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Tribal Christians Podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Brandon Dawson. I will be exposing the truth behind what's really occurring on the cyber warfare threats concerning Russia. I will also be talking about the latest developments concerning Biden's push for digital currency, how these events may be related to the rising beast antichrist system, the New World Order, the coming blood moon lunar eclipses, and how all of this may impact the 2022 midterm elections. All right, so there are a lot of headlines that I'm going to be talking about, and I will have each of them listed for your reference right in the About section and also in the Comments section that you guys can reference for a later time. And I'm also going to list any prophecies that were put forward through our ministry as well. So I'm going to be exposing the truth behind what's really occurring, what's really happening behind these cyber attacks concerning Russia. Are they credible? Are there any false flags motives behind the United States? I will also be talking about the latest developments concerning Biden's big push for digital currency. It's a lot more surprising, a lot more urgent than you might actually expect. And how all of these events may be related to the rising beast antichrist system, other words known as the New World Order. I'm also going to be getting into some coming blood moon full lunar eclipses that will be visible over the entire North American continent. And you would not believe when these events are actually occurring because there are a lot of developments happening right now. And I'm going to reveal how all these things are connected, how they may impact the 2022 midterm elections. So be sure to stay tuned throughout the entire message because this stuff gets deep. It's insane what these folks are trying to accomplish. There's a lot of information to get through that you guys absolutely need to know, need to know what's happening, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, because this stuff is 100% absolutely serious. Now, our first headline is reported by the Daily Wire, Biden warns what Russia is getting ready to do to the U.S. Fairly consequential, and it's coming. Now, Democrat President Joe Biden warned on Monday that Russia President Vladimir Putin is likely to launch cyber attacks against the United States as his war in Ukraine has turned into a political disaster back in Russia. And as Ukrainian forces have ground Putin's military invasion to a bloody stalemate. The more Putin's back is against the wall, 
the greater the severity of the tactics that he may employ. One of the tools that he's most likely to use, in my view, in our view, is cyber attacks, Biden said on Monday. Now, the magnitude of Russia's cyber capability is fairly consequential, and it's coming. Earlier in the day, Biden released a statement saying that the warnings were based on evolving intelligence that the Russian government is exploring options of potential cyber attacks. Biden claimed that his administration has done a lot to protect against Russian cyber attacks before later stating that his administration could not be solely counted on to protect Americans and that the private entities needed to take action to protect themselves. Now, there are a few things I really want to point out to you about this. Ever since Biden has taken office, his administration has done nothing but enforce its policies through mandates and executive orders. They have forced millions of people to choose between employment or vaccines. They have forced businesses to choose between having a workforce or compliance to COVID-19 mandates. And it has only been through protests and through the Supreme Court rulings that have stood in the way of complete absolute tyranny. So when Biden says that his administration essentially can't do much to defend our nation's cyber networks, that's an absolute complete lie and one of the greatest examples of hypocrisy in his governance. Because the President of the United States has an obligation to protect and to defend not only the Constitution, but the well-being of its citizens from all threats, rather they're foreign or domestic. This administration so far seems to deem that its own citizens more of a threat to its own governance than our nation's actual physical threats of real harm to our infrastructure and systems from neighboring enemy nations. So they have absolutely no problem putting up fences and barricades around the Capitol, employing our nation's military to defend our government leaders from its own citizens, labeling parents as terrorists, criminalizing and incarcerating the First Amendment freedom of speech and to protest. But when it comes to outside threats and when it comes to the safety of our citizens and our businesses, it's complete open season. Now, this just comes to show that what the true priorities are of this administration. And I assure you, they are not for true peace. They're not for safety and the security of our nation other than of its own government leadership. Now, Biden was slammed last summer after he said that he had handed Putin a list of 16 entities that were off limits for Putin to launch cyber attacks against. Another area we spent a great deal of time on was cybersecurity. Cyber and cybersecurity, Biden said, I talked about the proposition that certain critical infrastructure should be off limits to attack, period, by cyber or any other means. And I gave them a list, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, 16 specific entities, 16 defined as critical infrastructure under U.S. policy from the energy sector to our water systems. Biden's remarks drew immediate scorn across the political spectrum for obvious reasons. Rebecca Heinrichs, senior fellow at the Hudson Institute, wrote that this is essentially inviting Putin to attack literally everything else. Conservative political consultant and writer Noah Palak responded to Biden's remarks by posting on Twitter, This is insane. This is one of the most pathetic moments in American diplomatic history. I'm very confused about this. 
16 entities that are off limits for attacks as opposed to others that aren't atlantic council director benjamin hadid wrote what does this even mean national review senior writer david harsanyi wrote biggest loser today the 17th most critical infrastructure entity in america so putin's cyber pirates are free to attack anything else Mark Kirkorian, executive director at the Center for Immigration Studies, wrote on Twitter. This is wild. Only 16 things ruthless podcast host comfortably smug wrote on Twitter. This is pathetic American surrender. Trump took away their pipeline. Biden gave it back and then surrendered everything but 16 things. American decay. Now, back in 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic and in May of 2021, when the Colonial Pipeline was attacked, I did several messages that talked about war coming to Europe. And I said to watch what happens concerning the oil and in the energy sectors, because all major wars have been fought over money and over resources. The American Revolution started over money. The situation with the T-Tax and also the Stamp Act. The Gulf War and the Iraq and Afghanistan wars were also fought over oil reserves when Saddam Hussein not only invaded Kuwait and was taking over the oil rigs, but also threatening to destabilize the oil markets in the petrodollar currency system, which is why the U.S. dollar remains the strongest world's currency today. You attack the oil systems, you impact the U.S. currency and the global markets now back during the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic something very peculiar happened that nobody was really paying attention to but our ministry was talking about it during the pandemic Russia was forcing greater outputs of its oil deportations while fuel and energy supply demands were extremely low nobody was doing anything so they didn't need to buy fuel and this was forcefully driving the prices in the energy market down. In fact, the Wall Street Journal reported on March 13, 2020, Russia takes aim at U.S. shale oil producers. Moscow is fighting an oil market war on two fronts with Saudi Arabia and U.S. shale. Russia's oil market war with Saudi Arabia is part of a strategic campaign to cripple U.S. shale oil production, a powerful economic tool that increasingly allows Washington to advance its foreign policy agenda, say people briefed on the Kremlin's policies. Less than two weeks ago, President Vladimir Putin summoned Russian oil companies to a conference room at Moscow's airport to discuss strategy ahead of the meeting between OPEC and its allies, March 5th through 6th of 2020. Mr. Putin asked the room whether Russia could withstand a sharp decline in oil prices that was expected if neither side could reach a compromise. Now, his head of state-controlled giant Rosneft and widely considered a staunch nationalist in Mr. Putin's circle said that low crude prices are great because they will damage U.S. shell, according to people familiar with the meeting. Now, days later, Mr. Putin sent his energy minister, Alexander Novak, to the OPEC talks with no mandate to negotiate a production cut with the Saudi-led group. Now, according to oil officials and the cartel, the move combined with a Saudi instance on deeper, long-lasting curbs actually led to the collapse of the talks on March 6th. 
Attempts by state actors to manipulate and shock oil markets reinforce the importance of the role of the United States as a reliable energy supplier to partners and allies around the world, the U.S. Energy Department said in a statement that week. So many folks love, 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 love to quote Amos 3.7, that the Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets, and that verse is 100% correct. But the Lord didn't have to literally verbalize all this. He didn't have to say anything because the signs were all there. They were 100% present. Just nobody was listening or paying attention to them. As I frequently like to say that God has never stopped speaking to us. We have just stopped listening to him. And we failed to recognize his voice through the signs. Now, I also warned in 2020 in 2021 concerning our northeast coast prophecies that one of the signs that will prelude the coming attacks and bombardments against the united states in our northeast coast will be through major cyber attacks and cyber warfare that will in fact target our nation's critical infrastructure they're going to target major financial institutions banking institutions energy suppliers food and water distribution systems so cyber warfare is actually not a post-war tactic that an enemy uses when it's losing a battle or a fight. Now, if you look at history of any war, especially looking at the Civil War, you know one of the key aspects of winning a war is cutting off the supply routes of the enemy, targeting communications of the enemy so they can't organize, setting up strategic choke points. Ask any combat experienced military veteran and they will tell you that. Today, because technology is so advanced, the battlefront's not waged just by literal physical supply routes. I mean, those supply routes are still critical, but wars are now won through technology and communications methods. So if you target and disrupt a nation's economy, their technology and communication networks, then you gain the advantage. So again, this past September of 2021, when Russia held major major joint military drills with China, as well with all these other different nations, including both ground and naval military exercises, I talked about how our current government's administration intentionally, intentionally and deliberately weakened our military. We downsized our military dramatically to under 400,000 troops as compared to Russia and China's 3 to 6 million troops. And I also talked about how Biden essentially put a bullseye target right smack on top of our nation's major infrastructure companies, all by giving Putin that list. And that Russia and China both would use that list to cripple this nation before it attacks. They literally have everything that they need to bring this nation down without ever firing a single missile. So now if you're reading all the different various comments, all the different commentaries out there, what people are saying about this, about Biden's cybersecurity announcement, a lot of folks believe that the Biden administration is essentially setting up a false flag motive to go to war with Russia because Russia is anti-globalist. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, the Internet's full of rumors and all kinds of different conspiracies. But what I do know for a fact is that there is a very specific pattern in the Bible that is consistent throughout the entire Bible. 
both the Old and in the New Testament, all the way up to the very end, even concerning the seven-year tribulation period. And that pattern has never changed. It's the blueprint of exactly what happens and how it happens when a nation falls under God's judgment. Now, you can find it in the books of Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel. You can read about it in the book of Revelation. It happened to Israel. It happened to Egypt. It's happened to every single, all four major empires, including the Babylonian Empire. It's also happened to the areas of Ammon, Moab, and Edom, which today is known as Jordan. So none of this stuff is new that we're seeing. Ecclesiastes 1.9, which, which essentially tells us that what, was, what has happened before will happen again. There's nothing new under the sun. So the blueprint in the Bible is absolutely clear and identifies exactly what happens when a nation sins and is under judgment. Now, there are four accompanying signs that identify when a nation is under judgment, which are plague, famine, the sword, which also consists of civil unrest, crime, murder, that type of thing, and war. In the book of Revelation chapter 6, the same exact pattern is identified through the four horsemen of the apocalypse. But in that scenario, that impacts not just one nation, but all the nations, the entire world, all at once and in greater severity. And so if you look and you compare the chain of events that have unfolded since 2020, and you compare them to the four horsemen of the apocalypse in Revelation 6, you'll find that our nation has followed that pattern exactly and precisely on point, but in the exact reverse order. So instead of beginning with a conqueror or war and ending in plague, we began the cycle with plague, and now here we are with war. And so if you read the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah even reveals that the reason why Babylon was able to conquer Israel and all the surrounding nations were because of plague, famine, and the sword, all of them occurring, which weakened the nations. And so it doesn't take a prophet, it doesn't take a pastor, you don't have to be a theologian to look at all this stuff that's happening and see the pattern and know what's coming next and see that it's war. Rather you believe that our government is influencing the war or not, or rather you believe that this war is just a coincidental byproduct of the weakness of the Biden administration, the truth of the matter is, is that our nation is under judgment. Because the Bible says that when war has occurred, it is God who has caused it. Because war is the consequences of sin in a nation, in its people, fallen nature. Now, what I also know for a fact is what is occurring, these events are deliberate. They have been planned. There's nothing coincidental about what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. When Biden gave that list of our nation's top infrastructure to Russia, our nation's enemy, not only was it an open invitation to attack all these other infrastructure agencies, but Russia and China both know exactly who to target. So in addition to everything that is occurring, there's also this thing, that's this little thing that's called the Communications Act of 1934 which established and paved the way for, yes, the mark of the beast economic system. 
Now, some of you guys have heard about this, but a lot of you guys have no idea that this thing even exists. So I'm going to explain to you guys briefly about how or what this thing is and how it's essentially setting up the stage for this rising beast antichrist system and its influence into our nation and how it may very well impact the outcome of the coming 22 2022 midterm elections. So the Communications Act of 1934 combined and organized federal regulation of the telephone, telegraph, and radio communications. The act created the Federal Communications Commission or the FCC to oversee and regulate these industries. Now, this came forward after the events of both world wars, realizing that the nation needed a way to not only protect its citizens' line of communication, but to have an effective way to communicate to its citizens during times of war or in natural disasters. So this is where we get the foundation of the frequent emergency tests that you see or you hear about on the TV and on the radio, because it was established right through this, through the Communications Act of 1934. However, just like anything else, what was intentionally intended for good can also be corrupted and used for evil to gain and secure more power and more control. Now, the act is updated periodically to add provisions uh, governing new communications technologies like the internet, broadcast, cable, and satellite TV. Now, in the interest of national security, law enforcement, and intelligence communities, this act okay, allows the President of the United States to effectively suspend or amend rules and regulations upon proclamation, and I quote verbatim, that there exists a war or a threat of war or state of public peril or disaster or other national emergency or if he or she deems it necessary in the interest of national security or defense. The president may prioritize defense or security communications, authorizing government use or control of communication facilities and suspend or amend rules and regulations applicable to any or all stations or devices capable of emitting electromagnetic radiations. So in other words, the Communications Act of 1934 gives the President of the United States significant and dangerously broad authority and governance through a simple national emergency to shut down and control everything having to do with communications within the United States, including cell phones, radios, email, and the Internet. The key word is national emergency or declaration of emergency. Those two phrases are the most dangerous language that our government has to seize power and control to almost absolutely everything with no regulation or oversight whatsoever other than perhaps maybe the Supreme Court, which may be able to intercede in a case or in the case that a lawsuit is filed from a state. Now, we actually saw that with Biden's executive order giving massive power and control to OSHA to mandate the COVID-19 vaccines to employers. On a report by Fox News on March 3rd this year, 2022, a bill by Senate Republicans to terminate the National Emergency Declaration for 
COVID-19 pandemic passed, the state would bipartisan support 48 to 47 and would have ended the national emergency on COVID-19. The resolution, which passed 48 to 47 and now heads to the House of Representatives, was introduced by Senator Roger Marshall, Republican Kansas Senators Mike Braun of Indiana, Mike Lee of Utah, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Ted Cruz of Texas, and Ron Paul of Kentucky also supported it. Paul, who signed the resolution, recently warned about the potential consequences of ongoing national emergency declarations. Depending on the emergency acts that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau recently invoked to quell the trucker convoy protest, Paul said such a law is very, very dangerous and warned against the similar laws in the United States. I think statutes that allow presidents or heads of states to invoke emergencies are very, very dangerous, Paul said during an episode of the Based Politics podcast. We have the same sort of statues here, and I have long time been an opponent of these. We actually have in the United States an emergency act that allows the president to shut down the Internet. So if you research this, the Internet's been debating this for years, that the president could actually, in fact, shut down the Internet. And some say that it would pretty much be impossible because the Internet isn't so much as a centralized unit, like a light switch kind of thing, where you can just turn it on and off. But it's simply a bunch of personal and private servers that are connected to each other and communicate through various methods. And so it is true. The president has absolutely no control over people and private uh, businesses, servers. But what the president can do, which he demonstrated how far that his administration is willing to go through the COVID-19 mandates, the president can have complete control and authority over every single Internet service provider and satellite networks that involve communications. And by a simple executive order through a national emergency, especially in the case of war or cyber warfare. The president can effect effectively halt or seriously impede communications of the internet and cell phone providers through this law. So yes, it can be done. And yes, I believe it very well can happen and very soon. And so if you go back and you actually research the Obama administration, I assure you, if you look at the 2013 cybersecurity executive order that was put through by President Obama, extensive amendments and updates have been implemented for this exact scenario that would give the government complete control over every communications method and service provider in this nation. So it's as if that this thing has been planned for years. And if you remember concerning Obamacare, when major discoveries started to be revealed concerning the RFID chips that uh, were revealed, originally the RFID chip was, uh, the plan was submitted through America's Affordable Health Choices Act, or Obamacare, of 2009 HR 3200. HR 3200 was an unsuccessful bill introduced in the U.S. House of Representatives on July 14, 2009. Page 1001 of H.R. 3200 included an amendment of s to Section 519 of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, which did, in fact, allow 
for data collection to facilitate analysis of post-market safety and outcomes data from a class two devices. A RFID chip is classified as a class two device by the FDA. Now, although it is true that none of the wording about class two devices appears in the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, HR 3590, it does still exist in Section 519 of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, which does include an unamended passage on rules for Class II devices and data collection from them. So now you have to ask yourselves, what in the world does an RFID tracking chip have anything to do with food, medication, or cosmetics? All in our nation's critical infrastructure. And even greater, what does any of that have to do with healthcare? It doesn't. It's 100% about control and enforcement. Exactly as the Bible tells us, what will occur during the beast antichrist system, during the seven-year tribulation period. So the framework is there, and it's been there ever since. And sequentially, a large part of this stuff has now been resurfaced thanks to the COVID-19 emergency. And now what I believe will soon also be another declaration of emergency concerning war and cybersecurity. It all comes together, all of it. Now, what is so significant about the timing of all this? Because the, the timing of all this is absolutely very significant. There are no such thing as a coincidence or an accident. So this November midterm elections will be occurring this year in eight months concerning our Congress. Just the mere possibilities that exist through these laws and through the technology that we have, there is a very real possibility that these things might happen and could seriously not only impede our ability to communicate and impede our freedom of speech online, but have a serious consequence into the coming midterms. And we need to be taking a look at this. We need to be taking a hard, seriously look at this. Now, I don't know 100% for certain if this is going to be the exact case and if this is exactly what or how things are going to happen, but I do know that the Bible does indeed prophesy to us that there will be coming a system of control that will control every single human being on this planet, rich or small, rich or poor, great or small, and it will be tied into both a communications, medical, and economical function, which will literally control every single aspect of every life on earth and what people can buy and what they can't buy, what they can eat and what they can't eat, where they can go and where they can't go, who they can talk to. We literally witnessed this concerning COVID lockdowns and with the vaccine passports and with vaccine tracing or COVID tracing. There are places, and I kid you not, there are places in this nation that, yes, right here in the United States, that will not allow you to buy or sell, not allow you to eat or drink or to even travel or visit your loved ones without a vaccine passport. So that's a fact. And yes, it's very sad. In New York City, New York, businesses there have made it virtually almost impossible for you to work anywhere without a COVID vaccine or a vaccine passport. Now, we saw this occurring concerning the trucker protests in Canada, where within a matter of an hour, a matter of an hour, 
every single banking and financial institution uh, connected to the people involved in these trucker protests were instantly seized through an emergency declaration. Same thing occurring also in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, with the trucker convoys here in the United States. So in perspective concerning Russia, look and see how quick it took for banks to close their services to Russia. Every single major credit card and banking card services immediately shut down their services to the people of Russia. To where they can't access their bank accounts through their bank cards. They can't use it to buy food or make simple economic transactions to provide for their families. All of these things are happening in broad daylight, right in front of us, in the open. This system and every element of it is already here. We're moving closer and closer every single moment, every single day to the end times. There's absolutely no guarantee of tomorrow. There's no guarantee of our constitutional rights if you live here in America. There's no guarantee of anything anymore. Everything's on the table. In the instance of an emergency declaration, you could be deemed an enemy of the state just by your beliefs and by your associations. You could be imprisoned. You can even be put to death. Look what happened to the people concerning January 6th protests at the Capitol. If you don't believe me, here it is in Joe Biden's own words. And, and I believe COVID and all these other nat national emergencies simply could have been the test run for this system. But let's take a listen. Take a look. We are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of them, as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946, and uh, since then we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there. And we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway. So here is something that passed underneath the radar that hardly had any media coverage. I'm very surprised nobody really covered this. And is of serious consequence that we understand what's happening and what's about to happen within literally, within the next four to 12 months, literally. On Wednesday, March 9th, President Biden signed into law executive order ensuring responsible development of digital assets. Advances in digital and distributed ledger technology for financial services have led to dramatic growth in markets for digital assets with profound implications for the protection of consumers, investors, and businesses, including data privacy and security, Financial stability and systematic risk, crime, national security, the ability to exercise human rights, financial inclusion and equity, and energy demand and climate change. Of course, they have to add climate change in there. In November 2021, non-state-issued digital assets reached a combined market capitalization of $3 trillion, up from approximately $14 billion in early November 2016. Monetary authorities globally are also exploring, in some cases introducing, central bank digital currencies, also known as CBDCs. 
While many activities involving digital assets are within the scope of existing domestic laws and regulations, an area where the United States has been a global leader, growing development and adaption of digital assets and related innovations, as well as inconsistent controls to defend against certain key risks. Necessity... Ugh, can't say that word, an evolution and alignment of the United States government approach to digital assets. The United States has an interest in responsible financial innovation, expanding access to safe and affordable financial services, and reducing the cost of domestic and cross-border funds, transfers, and payments, including through the continued modernization of public payment systems. We must take strong steps to reduce the risk that digital assets Hang on, let me just re-say that. We must take strong steps to reduce the risk that digital assets could pose to consumers, investors, and business protections. Financial stability and financial systems integrity, combating and preventing crime and illicit finance, national security, the ability to exercise human rights, financial inclusion and equity, and of course, climate change and pollution. Now, thankfully, I'm not going to read this entire executive order, okay? That part was just very critical for me to read for you so you know exactly what they're talking about. But I do want to also bring attention towards the end of this order, which provides the timeline or the time frame of implementation. This is extremely very significant to understand this, especially in the fact that our elections are about eight months away. The timing of this is absolutely strategic, very deliberate, and extremely intentional, and this is urgent. Section 8, Paragraph 3. While the United States held the position of president of the 2020 G7, the United States established the G7 Digital Payments Experts Group to discuss CBDCs, stablecoins, and other digital payment issues. The G7 report outlining a set of policy principles for CBDCs is an important contribution to establishing guidelines for jurisdictions. Okay, jurisdictions, in other words, control for the exploration and potential developments of CBDCs. In other words, this executive order is coming from the G7 organizations, which are pretty well known concerning the Illuminati and the global elitist influence. These are the people who want to enforce and implement a biochip implantation or impl implantation on every single human being on earth. These are the people who are strongly advocating for not only the mRNA vaccines, but to enforce all of this stuff and control. Paragraph four, the United States continues to support the G20 roadmap for addressing challenges and frictions with cross-border funds, transfers, and payments for which work is underway, including work on improvements to existing systems for cross-border fund transfers and payments, the international dimensions of CBDC's designs, and the potential of well-regulated well stablecoin arrangements. Section B of Section 8, Paragraph B, which says, Within 120 days of the date of this order, the Secretary of the Treasury, in consultation with the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Commerce, and the Administration of the United States Agency for International Development in the heads of other relevant agencies, shall establish a framework for interagency 
international engagement with foreign counterparts and an international 402 as appropriate, adapt and update and enhance adoption of global principles and standards for how digital assets are used and transacted and to promote development of digital assets and CBDC technologies consistent with our values and legal requirements. So within 120 days, in about four months, our nation will have this is not a theoretical, okay? No theoretics about this. Our nation will, in fact, have established a framework to start implementing this system in 120 days. And I believe the only reason why it can happen so quickly is because, like the executive order states, they're already there. Within one year of the date of the establishment of the framework required by Section 8B1 of this order, the Secretary of Treasury, in consultation with the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Commerce, the Dick. <laughs> dictator, <laughs> director of the Office of Management and Budget, the administrator of the United States Agency for International Development, and the heads of other relevant agencies as appropriate, shall submit a report to the president on priority actions taken under the framework and its effectiveness. So what all of this means is that our nation, by executive order, not by congressional bipartisan efforts or by a bill or law that was put forward, is going to research, fund, put together, and start implementing a global digital currency framework that I believe will soon replace cash. And it's going to happen very quickly, as stated, within 6 to 12 months. Now, part of the reason that this is being done so quickly isn't just to establish a digital currency or a digital global currency or to remove cash, but to regulate and control all forms of digital currency like Bitcoin. The reason that so many folks invest in digital currencies is because it, there's not a lot of regulations out there in our government to control these financial systems. So there's a lot of freedom in it. Such as in the event of a protest or civil unrest, the government will be able to fully seize not just bank accounts, but everything, including digital currencies. This is a contingency plan, a very direct and deliberate contingency plan, a system of absolute control. They're going through extreme measures to ensure that something is in place before the midterms occurs. Make no mistake about it, something is coming, exactly as Biden has told us, and I believe him. As we've witnessed and as we have experienced for ourselves during the pandemic, most stores, most markets, most grocery stores are already not accepting cash. Everything has moved digitally to electronic fund transfers through bank cards. It's getting more and more difficult to pay for things with cash, at least in the public marketplace. So it's coming, folks. There's no hiding it. There's no running from it. There is no more denial of what is happening here and what's about to happen. The midterm elections are coming this November in eight months. Now, traditionally and historically, the opposing party of the White House generally wins some form of majority during the midterm congressional elections. That's a fact. It has always been that way. 
And in the case, even major Democratic sources are now predicting major defeats for Democrats this coming election. And I am telling you right now, as I did after the 2018 midterm elections, if conservatives and the GOP win the majority in both the House and the Senate, they will successfully impeach both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris from the White House. And a major firestorm of retribution will come. It won't be like what happened to Trump. This will be 100 times worse, and it will be successful. And there is no way in heck that these elites, these people behind the scenes of the White House, are going to just roll over and just let that happen. They've created the perfect firestorm concerning Russia, and they will use it to their advantage, just like they use COVID-19, to control the outcome. And so as if none of this stuff is enough, if none of this stuff has convinced you, I do have at least one last headline that I want to show you guys. Forbes reports, countdown to 2022's first eclipse season in an 84-minute blood moon eclipse for North America. A total lunar eclipse is coming. Exactly 50 days from today, the first eclipse season of 2022 will begin and set up one one a total lunar eclipse, also called a blood moon with a very long totality. Now what's more, North America will have an excellent view of blood moon eclipse 2022. What's an eclipse season? So every 173 days for between 31 and 37 days, the moon is lined up perfectly to intersect the ecliptic, the apparent path of the sun through our daytime sky in the plane of Earth's orbit of the sun. The result, of course, is a short season during which two and occasionally three solar and lunar eclipses can occur. Now, when are the eclipse seasons in 2022? There are two eclipse seasons in 2022, each of them bringing one partial solar eclipse and one total lunar eclipse in a blood moon. Eclipse season number one is uh, occurring April 30th, 2022, which will be a partial solar eclipse. And then May 16th, 2022 will be a total lunar eclipse, a blood moon. And it will be seen over North North and South America. Eclipse season two will be on October 25th, 2022, with a partial solar eclipse. And then, check this out, on November 7th slash 8th, on the morning of the elections, or on the eve of the night of our elections, total lunar eclipse, a blood moon, will be seen over the entire North America and the Pacific region. Now, when's the next blood moon? Total lunar solar eclipse of 2022. It's coming on Sunday, May 15th, and into Monday, May 16th, 2022, when a 100% blood moon will be visible in North America for 84 minutes. Now, as I explained in almost uh, every video, the moon is very significant. It's very symbolic throughout the entire Bible and biblical prophecy because it symbolizes the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, God's eternal promises that was given through them. There will be exactly, exactly two blood moons occurring this year, one in the spring, one in the fall. Two. 
Now, I talked about that number, the number two, in connection to 2020 and also in connection to 2022. That number symbolizes division. In both instances, the timing of both of these blood moons are extremely, also very extremely significant. The first one occurring in May on May 16th. The month of May is significant concerning the rebirth of the nation of Israel, which occurred May 14th. 1948 and they're going to celebrate their independence on may 5th now the second blood moon will occur as i said on november 8th november 7th and november 8th 2022 the eve of our elections and the morning of our election day again there are no such things as a coincidence if we've learned anything at all about blood moons over the last nine years in connection to Israel, they have always, and I literally mean always, signify a grave warning of events to come in connection specifically to Israel and the land of Israel. In fact, the very last blood moon that we had, I said, beware of the rising blood moon. It indicated war was coming. So in both cases, all right, in this coming year, both blood moons will be visible to the entire North American continent. That is significant. It tells us and it signifies to us that God is about to bring major, major events against, most likely against, the United States. Now, I don't tell you guys any of this stuff to frighten you. That's not my intention. And I'm not telling you these things. Uh, to scare you, but I'm revealing this stuff to show you that everything about God that is written in the Bible is completely true. All of it. Everything about biblical prophecy is real. The choice concerning eternity is real. The timing of all this is real, and your choice matters. What you do now or do not do is just as significant. What you say or don't say, it all matters. It has eternal consequences. And these things will define who we are and the moment of our response and how we choose to react and respond in the very face of oppression, in the very face of persecution, and the prospects of the very rising of this beast system is happening, could be occurring right here in our lifetime, right before us. It is up to each and every single one of us what choice that we're going to make. What we will do and what we won't do. What we'll say, what we'll not say. When the Lord God presents us with the choice, with the messages, with the signs and the affirmations that he's been given to us. When he has repeatedly given us warning after warning, sign after sign, message after message, and moment comes, what will we do with the information that we have been given? We have to choose. The Lord is calling us to turn back to him, to repent. And I pray and I hope that this message has encouraged you guys with the truth. I pray that it is literally lit and urgent and a urgent fire in your heart to get to work and to get out there. And I pray that you guys are filled with hope. I pray that you don't give up, that you keep running this incredible, this incredible race of faith, that you keep fighting the good fight of faith and never lose sight of all of this. Never lose sight of it. Never give up hope, our eternal hope in Christ. Now you can find more great teachings just like this one on our website at tribeofchristians.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe to receive updates on future messages and teachings. This concludes this podcast message. I am Brandon Dawson with the Tribal Christians. May you stay encouraged, keep running your race, keep fighting the good fight of faith, and never give up.